99.9% of trainers, jockeys, owners, we've sport and the media in racing. One, our access to them, and two, their willingness to to um, assist the media. And, and they know racing is marginalised in terms of a sport. There's so many other com- competing sports. So I, I think they get it. They get it, and we're, we're so lucky that they're willing to do what they can to promote the sport. I'm sure our next guest will have a similar view. Uh, after dealing with, with other sports, I know how lucky we are in racing. Richard Cowan is on the line. Rich, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Bulldog. Yeah, um, I've had a couple over the year, Bulldog, that have refused to talk to me. But uh, <laughs> That's family. On an overall, mate, no, they're, they're very good. And, um, yeah, look, uh, there's the odd trainer that might have the, the superstition that uh, uh, the horse won't run well today because the trainer's getting interviewed. But... Um, there's only one or two of them. Um, nowadays, you've got to promote yourself. Mm. Uh, you sell yourself uh, on the TV, getting interviews and all that. And uh, I think all the trainers and jockeys, and I think everyone really, everyone speaks so well nowadays. Yeah. Well, everyone's fighting for space in newspapers, online, mm. uh, TV news. Rich, you can't afford these days any major sport oh, to, uh, to, be, to be difficult to deal with. 100%. I just imagine how many times over the years the editor might say to to Ray, or no, uh, you've got half a page this, no, this Thursday, half a page. You, 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 as you rightly said, you fight for it, you fight for it online. You've got to get the main stories. Um, don't promote yourself. No one, no one will do it for you. And then you, you slide down the, probably the biggest thing we all know, I think we've said on this show a hundred times, you know, the Ingham family, the great Ingham family in racing um, found their way to the Chris Waller stable because of um, being interviewed on the TV mm. and Chris's presentation, and that's how Bob Ingham found him. Yeah, now it's a remarkable story, and that was 2008 by memory, I think, Rich, and look at, or it might have been 2007, look at Chris Waller now, it's just extraordinary. Hey, hey, Rich, for a, um, uh, it wasn't a spring carnival meeting yesterday, it's just a forerunner for what's to come, but there was so much out of yesterday's meeting we can talk about. Firstly, Frumos, we've had a, an SMS um, saying, Ray, zero luck, Frumos, really. It was a poor ride, terribly low percentage play for $1.90 chance. And in essence, that's correct. And I think that was the the, the, the line of the stewards questioning to Hugh Bowman yesterday. Being in for both um, parts of the inquiry, went across two races, Rich. I could see where Hugh Bowman was coming from, but essentially he rode for luck and it didn't come. Yeah, that was still that part of the day when you know we were just raving that you couldn't be anywhere. The first race, you know, the, the, the first row of the line with the three on the rails. The next race was Manzois. Everyone got off the rails. It went up the inside and won. Oakfield Arrow. Then you had Conscript Lead and won. So, you know, um, Primos, Huey's, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he goes back, comes wide and gets beat a length, you go, oh, fair dinkum. Everyone knows the inside's the place to be. Mm. He stays there, gets no luck, and that's what happens. Um, not the first time it's going to happen in racing. Um, I think it was more... I, I think it was more the track rather than Hugh, yeah. uh, if you really want to be uh, put it down to it. Hugh was trying to ride the conditions. It didn't pan out. The winner went super, Raduna, mm. mind you. But look, yeah, she had plenty to offer. she got another day. It's a hard thing to swallow for us punters, and I was on it. Mm. I was on it. Uh, it took me a little while to recover, but I knew when I backed it what Frumas, where he was going to be and that he needed to have luck. And that's the reason we almost got $2. Yep. So we did get $2. Uh, otherwise, you would have been getting $1.60. The way the track was playing, they bet us $2. We needed a little bit of luck. The luck didn't come our way. In mm. hindsight, and it's a wonderful thing, hindsight, 
save the ground, yes, and then ease and then come around him at the top of the straight. But you know what? If Huey had to, if he stays back last, the fence where he wanted to be, then circles at the top of the straight, would have he run down Raduna? I'm not as sure. Mm. And I think you nailed it too, um, Rich. He rode to the pattern, and it was the first race of the day where not one jockey effectively tried to move wide. Always on the home turn, jockeys will fan looking for runs, etc. But they were all riding to pattern. So when Hugh Bowman was anticipating those gaps coming, they weren't forthcoming. All of a sudden, he was in a in a pocket and couldn't get out. It's one of those things. That's that's why they call it a gamble. We'll go to the, the Rosebud. Um, plenty of action here. My point to you, Rich, um, Spacewalk, I know, did throw away probably certain victory, but I said to Dino earlier, if Spacewalk had have won the race, would have been saying Zuccarino was a touch unlucky because he was sort of bullocking his way through that between horses there. And I thought there was a lot of merit in his win as well as the runner-up, obviously, Spacewalk. Yeah, look, I think both of them are pretty smart, right? Mm. Um, like, Trosh held on for third, did a good job, probably aided the, the pattern. Kaboo will improve, but I, I, I got no doubt Spacewalk threw the race away. It, it was an over... Like, James had to pull Spacewalk off, but then it was Spacewalk who really overreacted. Like, it, James was just pulling him uh, the horse off a fraction. Yeah. Spacewalk threw his head left. He, he, he would have won, no doubt. But I think if Zuccarina gets out probably a little bit earlier, Zuccarina might put a length on them. I think they're both pretty good. And the, when they clash again, uh, the, punnels will get a, uh, the punnels will get the opportunity to decide again um, which, one, which side they go on. Mm. The funny thing out of that race, Bulldog, was that the stewards find Chad Schofield 400. He left a towel on the horse at the barriers and it only fell off with 50 metres to go. This doesn't often happen, Dean. <laughs> left a towel? Yes, it was, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Rich, uh, the two winners, we just spoke to David Payne, Raging Bull, big weight, first up, 1,800, defied track pattern, super, track pattern, super win, surefire, first up, 1,400 metres, both stayers, both highly impressive winners, their horses to follow through spring. Well, I reckon if Raging Bull Ray had won prior to Pramos, I think Hugh Bowman comes wider. Yeah, yes, because good nothing point. Nothing had done yeah. it earlier. Nothing looked like doing it. And Raging Bull's win was outstanding um, to, to circle. And you know what? It shows, if you don't think Sydney Racing is competitive, it was Chad Schofield who shut the gate on his stablemate, uh, Mont Felicity. <laughs> he did. The stablemate, who was probably the unlucky runner, in that race, elusive duel, and that didn't have a lot of luck behind either. But I think Mon Felicity was the one if it had got out. But um, yeah, Raging Bull, um, David Payne, he can get these horses 1800 metres, didn't matter, big weight, wow, it was a win. Mm. Surefire, yeah, that was incredible. I, I'll be honest, um, I was on uh, Oscar Zulu and yep, so uh, Titanium I, yeah. Power. Mm. I, I thought Surefire would strike. I know that trials are, yeah, uh, you can trial at the four, at the in the trial and look sharp, but no one's trying there. I must admit, um, I, I was impressed. The way Shawfire really just put his head down that last, you know, that last 150 metres, he, he sprinted like a gazelle. He, hmm. he was most impressive and probably the most impressive winner of the, the day for me, knowing w- what he's going to do and where he's going to go. So uh, those colours, they've, uh, they've had a few good horses in yeah. those colours and this one might just be another one, Shawfire. And uh, particularly when you know, you know, Considering he's, he he's run over two uh, two mile, winning at fourteen hundred metres means you're a pretty handy animal. Yeah, Rich, our talk topic: great box office sporting stars you would have loved to have seen or been at to watch. Ray threw up 
Ali and Bradman. I threw up Mike Tyson. Give me yours. I would have loved to have been at Augusta when the Golden Bear. Um, 86. Maybe, maybe, yes, sir. Yeah. I would have loved to have been there. When, when, Run down the shark. Mm. Uh, to see him there at his um, his, goal, his, his best uh, when he shot what he shot thirty the back nine mm. to win the Masters. That would have been loved to have seen Jack Nicholas play in his heyday. He, he he was an entertainer and he was a, 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 a great golfer. And look, obviously the golf was before him, but. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen him and would have loved to have seen Rocket Rod Laver in his heyday. Mm, nah, good on you, Rich. Hey, Rich, as always, appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning and we'll talk next week. The first group one of the new season next Saturday, the Winks Stakes. Can't wait. And Bulldog, when I was in that little bit last week and I, I apparently you gave me a little serve after I couldn't hear you with the, my bad reception, mate. I, I've got a lot of friends out there, Bulldog, that, that they're not as they, they used to, they used to love you. Now they've kind of got off you. <laughs> I can't remember what I said. Point. Giving you a serve doesn't surprise me, but I really can't remember what I said. But whatever I did say, I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good on you, Rich. We'll talk next Thanks, week. Thanks, Rich.